0: Now, the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Hi there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group. If you need an opinion from experts in the field of insurance and mortgages, Lori and Denise are great people to talk with. You can just visit the website, cfax1070.com, and look under Shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information, or you can always find me online or social media. Also, if you're looking for an expert real estate professional to help you either purchase or sell a property, you can also call me too, because I am, after all, a 26-year local veteran and top agent here in Victoria with REMAX Camosun, which happens to be Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage this week we're talking about property assessments and values what's your home really worth first week of January is always important because people start receiving their property assessments and that's when our phone starts to ring clients start looking at the numbers saying oh my goodness is that what is that really what our value is worth uh, so we have with us it's a bit of a reunion show actually because many many months ago now a year ago, Our first, very first show here at CFAX 1070 was with these three guests, so it's great to have them back. You'll hear from experts, including Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group, Peter Morris, author of How to Successfully Appeal Your Property Assessment and Reduce Your Tax Bill, and, of course, one of our show sponsors, Denise Webster from uh, Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, Great to have them back. We're going to start our show, as we always do, with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or you can find us, again, online at cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. I received an email from Alex. Alex asks... Our furnace needs an upgrade, and we're thinking about a heat pump. They're expensive, but are they worth it? Thanks for your question, Alex. Um, I think I need to explain heat pumps really briefly for listeners. Uh, Many people don't really know what they're all about. We actually have had on our show, as a guest, uh, furnace and heat pump uh, companies to explain this. Uh, Basically, what a heat pump, it functions sort of like a refrigerator or reverse of a, of a refrigerator. It actually takes uh, the air, it, it takes the temperature uh, out of the air and either turns it into heat or cool in your house. Um, it does require a secondary source, like a furnace, so the heat pump itself does not replace your furnace, Alex. It works in conjunction with it. Uh, I have a heat pump myself. And it is fantastic. Um, Our home, you know, it's not a small home, uh, but I have to say, using the heat pump, it is a very efficient way to uh, heat the house. Uh, One thing that we do find that many other people find, too, though, is unlike normal forced air heat, the uh, heat coming out of the registers isn't as hot. Like, it keeps a more consistent temperature. One of the biggest bonuses, though, of course, is in the summertime, it turns into air conditioning which is great. Now, I'm assuming, you know, you said that you have a furnace, so you have all the duct work there. Uh, it's not difficult to install a heat pump. Uh, you did mention the cost because they can be expensive. The heat pump unit itself, uh, it ranges. You know, you, you go shopping online, but you'll find you can spend $8,000, $9,000 on a heat pump unit uh is it worth it well like i said i have to say from a efficiency standpoint in my own house i know that in um not a long amount of time but some degree of time the savings that i have in energy will uh, offset the cost of the heat pump i actually had a heat pump before it was an old one we replaced it when it was probably around 25 maybe even 30 years old so it lasted a long time and when we did install the new one the difference in efficiency was uh, was incredible so are they worth it you just need to you need to determine alex if that initial cost outlay makes sense for you you will save in the long run uh, you'll want to get a an assessment of the rest of your house as well too uh, some people do get energy um, uh, ratings done in their home so Perhaps at one point we'll have on our show here someone to talk about them. I did get an energy assessment done on my home. Uh, They basically check for drafts around the windows and the doors. Uh, They check uh, your level of insulation and a number of other things. As it turned out, my house was very efficient to begin with. Uh, But there are a number of things that you can do to your house that maybe are a little more cost effective than uh, perhaps installing a heat pump. Uh, Insulation is one thing that always gets a really good return dollar back in a short amount of time. Uh, Things like windows as well, too, depending on what type of windows you have. So many different options, but uh, if you're asking me my opinion on heat pumps, I say thumbs up. I love ours. It is fantastic. Nowadays, of course, too, uh, modern thermostats are Wi-Fi enabled, so it's great. I can right now uh, either turn up or turn down the heat in my house from a remote location uh, just from uh, wireless. Technology is amazing. Uh, best of luck to you in your shopping there, Alex. If you, the rest of the listeners, have a real estate question you like answered on our show, please visit our website, cfax1070.com, or call our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. And to hear past shows, you can visit, again, the CFAX website where you'll find us streaming or check out our podcast if you're a podcast listener on iTunes or on Google Play. Now I did mention that we have our show sponsor Denise Webster from uh, Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group here with us to talk about values in just a moment. Uh, however, I want to add Denise in right now. Thanks for coming.
2: Thanks, Tony. It's good to be uh, back.
1: So, what did you see happen at the end of the year with the mortgage, relating to the mortgage stress
2: test? Well, there was quite a push uh, to try and get applications in to get those pre-approvals, holding uh, uh, applicants a uh, borrowers uh, application for 120 days prior to that January 1st rule change. So we did have a push. We've got people that still have these rate holds in place, yeah. qualifying under the old rules, which took off a lot of pressure for them, thinking they had to buy a house or refinance before January 1st. So um, being able to provide that pre-approval prior to was, uh, it was like I said, well, very busy, but um, it was good for a lot of borrowers. And this is
1: a reminder for people. Pre-approvals are so important because you never know when the government steps in and decides to implement something. And for those that were prepared and had it there before, uh, they, they did okay.
2: Well, yeah, and that's a great example because when the first stress test came in in 2016, I think a lot and that, of borrowers... And that was
1: for the high ratio. Of, yes, anybody yep.
2: with less than 20% down. So we saw a lot of uh, borrowers trying desperately to save that 20%, and then we just kind of got uh, the wind taken out of the sails when the new rule came in for January wow, 1st. So I anybody never, that was saving yeah. was now just in the same position they were back in 2016.
1: I never considered that, and you would have dealt with some of these people, people yes. who a year before said, oh, my goodness, i got to save my 20%. Yeah.
2: Yeah, said, they're so close. Well, we might as well. We'll wait a year. We're going to get our our 20% together, and then we have a much better um, purchase power for qualifying. So, yeah, those were hard phone calls to make when the new stress test came in.
1: Well, and and not only that, but this this whole implementation of the stress test has been kind of messy because there hasn't been a lot of clarity as to, like, the, we knew it was the January 1st deadline, right? Mm-hmm. But as far as, one, the banks would... Um, uh, how long they would accept the pre-qualification, or the closings, I'm sorry. Right, and, right. and
2: lenders were um, all over the map a little bit because based on their volume, they had to set their own deadlines of when applications could be accepted. So we saw some on the 27th, 28th, 29th. Uh, just depending on their volume, they'd have to push their own cutoff because they couldn't accept applications right up till midnight on the 31st. Yeah. Too much volume.
1: Yeah, so interesting, though, you know, when uh, the government uh, sets rules or or plans to try to... Basically, they want to try to save consumers. They they don't want consumers to get into trouble. It is. We're
2: trying to protect Canadians from, uh, you know... Leveraging too much and feeling like if there was a significant rate hike, would our borrowers be in trouble? Would their payments be too much?
1: There's usually always that short term consequence, though, because there was that rush up until the end of the year. I felt it because we had sales happening. Um, you know, ends up being a busy December. And, you know, you often don't think about the fact that people are, are wanting to buy or sell real estate around the Christmas season, but this is what happened, right?
2: Yep. I was glad I was around for the holidays.
1: <laughs> so, it's was good. It's funny. I haven't been away for Christmas holidays for, I think, about eight years years now, because it's always busy.
2: Always. December, uh, I I keep Saying, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm sure it will be quiet this year, but every year. Yeah,
1: it's well, it's quiet. probably because you and I are the only people here working. Right. Right. <laughs> yes, anyways, Denise Webster, thanks uh, again uh, for for your advice all the time. Denise is our number one mortgage broker and a sponsor of our show here. Uh, oh, your phone number. Let's give you your oh, phone thanks, number. Oh,
2: thanks, Tony. Yeah. Uh, directly call me on my cell at 250-889-4743 or shoot me an email at denise at denisewebster.com.
1: Yeah, no, we're going to have you back in a few minutes because our show today is talking about property assessments and property values. And we're going to have our guests, Amanda and Peter, uh, a reunion show of sorts because the three of us were here about a year ago. We're going to take a quick little break. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about property assessments. The first week of January is always when we get these nice little pieces of mail that tell us about how much our house is worth in the eyes of the British Columbia Assessment Authority. It's a big question that people have for us as real estate professionals, and that is, wow, is that what my house is worth right now? Or, wow, is that all my house is worth right now? Who knows what it means? And, and we're here today to talk about that uh, with three of our experts, starting with Amanda Mills. Amanda is a real estate appraiser with the Mills Appraisal Group. Amanda, thanks for coming back.
3: Thanks, Tony. It's good to be here.
1: Yes. It's like an anniversary. It's a reunion party, we've been saying here. It
3: is indeed, right it, in
1: the new year. It is. It is. Amanda, you have been uh, an appraiser for, for some time. In fact, I remember we were licensed together. We were. And we did a, <laughs> we did a deal together on Hamilton Street.
3: We did. I remember that well. Yeah,
1: 25 <laughs> years ago or so, yes. just like yesterday. Um, in the context of property assessments, you know, we have people that uh, when they decide that they want to sell their house, They'll say, you know, um, all, it seems to me fair that my house is assessed at $800,000, so I want to sell for $800,000. Now, from an appraisal standpoint, let's talk about evaluation because it is not what the British Columbia Assessment Authority says your property is worth. It's a number of other factors, right? Tell, us, tell us what establishes property value.
3: From the appraisal point of view, it's looking at what surrounding properties have sold for. So say you've got a house, my house in X Street, I then would look for other properties that have sold in the area that would be similar substitutes and comparables for my house. So we're trying to stay within the same time frame so that we're dealing with the same market conditions and that's very important, especially when we have a volatile market, i.e. going up or going down. Mm-hmm. So you need to look for something that's sold within a sixty to ninety-day period of when you're going to peg the value of the house, and we're trying to determine what it would sell for, not it would what it would list for. Yes. those are different. there
1: is a difference, big difference.
3: I think so, and you can you can address that issue. Yeah, and we have that question often from homeowners that says, "Well, if my realtor says it could be X." Um, and I'm saying it's not quite that X yet, um, what's the difference then? And I say, well, there's a certain play in between what you list for and what the market eventually is going to say it's worth. And the market determines it by saying what a willing buyer and willing seller will come to agree in terms and Canadian dollars without undue stimulus or, or an influence.
1: That's an important uh, definition that people have to understand. It's what a willing buyer and a willing seller are willing to come together at, right?
3: It is, and that's what we discussed the last time, I think, because we were in a very hot market,
1: Mm
3: -hmm. and uh, it was very difficult to predict what a house would end up selling for when you had multiple offers going on. Well, my experience towards the end of 2017 was that things had cooled down a little bit, had slowed down a little bit, and I'm not sure if part of that's addressed to the fact that there are fewer listings on the market. There was a decrease in listings in November, December, Compared to the previous significant year, significant reduction. Yes, yeah. so that means it's a very competitive market for buyers who are out there trying to get in, and especially those buyers who, as Denise was talking about, are having to go under the stress test qualifications and trying to close deals towards the end of 2017, when there are others there in the lineup wanting also to close that deal too. So it's hard to in that type of market. It's very hard to really peg value. But ultimately, value is what someone is willing to pay.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it reminds me about the occasional seller that says, all right, well, you know, I know my house is worth $800,000, but you know what? If uh, I can get $900,000, I'll sell. And consequently, they put their property on the market. And the real estate community at large, all of us, looks at that listing and says, oh my goodness, uh, that is not a realistic valuation that is somebody who is trying a little bit high this is the reason why by the way even in the hottest real estate market that we had in 2016 for instance not every property sold right Mm because overpriced properties do not sell the consumers are are, they are wise to this just like you said it's a market uh factor right amanda
3: yes it is It's, it's
1: what the market will um will determine the property is worth
3: Yep. and we often have people saying, "Well, my just that my assessment, putting on the appraiser's hat, my assessment says this. How can you say it's not worth that?" Um, because sometimes
1: the, the sometimes it's lower,
3: it, and sometimes it is lower. And we yeah. found that I found that consistently throughout 2017 that in pockets of the city you can't say across the board that everything is going to be sell for or above the assessed value. In some areas, I think the assessments were optimistic, and they ended up selling for less than what the assessment was. Um, how it's related in our business of appraising, um, I'm aware of the assessment, of course, because we have access to that information. It's one of the tools that we deal with. But it's not a guide whereby I'm going to try and deliver a price on the assessed value. I'm looking at to see what the market is telling me. And the market is the one where you've got certain properties for sale at the same time and someone finally buys this. And... Uh, that's going to determine the value at that point in time. The assessment authority will then look at that value another time. That's the other thing. The assessments are done July the first of the previous year. Yes so market conditions change as
1: it has in the past definitely six months has
3: yeah so the assessments are not always guaranteed to be up with market, and that's a I know Peter will probably address that issue too, but that's a that's a difficult one to quantify because they they aren't equal
1: yeah, so there is this there's this assumption that people can apply a specific formula to the assessed value to determine what a house is worth and I I have spent many an hour explaining to consumers that that is not true because that assumes that the assessed value is correct in some way or form yes. and something that I do bring up quite often is the fact that most homeowners have never seen a property assessor step foot in their house so, really, it's just a um, it's a formula and calculation the British Columbia Assessment Authority has applied to do this bulk analysis. Yes. Right? It is not an appraisal in the context of what you do, which is actually going in and ha- physically looking at the house, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. We do. We do the inspection and the measurements, too. Yeah. Um, but we know that, as you say, the assessors have not been in, and they can't because of the... the numbers of employees in the assessment office and the number of assessors. So it is a mass uh, assessment that's done, and your house might rise with it, or it might go down with it. But it's not specifically driven to what you've done to your house, which is a lot over a period of time, mm. or I, not. lot.
1: I, I always laugh, because as a real estate practitioner, uh, I always get, I get from sellers, oh, my assessment is, um, uh, you know, this high, so I should get this much. I get from buyers, oh, uh, the assessment is only... Uh, $400,000. So that's all I should pay for it. And the third one I get are the homeowners that have no desire to move, but they go, uh, I want my assessment to be low. So I'm not paying taxes on it, which we're going to talk about with Peter, uh, in a bit too. So what is the, you know, what's the truth is, is the whole thing about the assessments and, uh, the, the assessment authority has a job to do. And they, uh, produce this data for the municipalities of course, to, uh, ascertain the, um, uh, property taxes for the year. Right. But from a value standpoint, Amanda, I I mean, you've just made it very clear. You don't use that assessment data as a, a primary function of your evaluation.
3: No, not at all. It's historical. Yeah and I'm dealing with current value. Unless I'm doing a retrospective appraisal, but that's an entirely different matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, there's a couple of other ways too. So you're looking at recent uh, recent sales in the neighborhood. There's other approaches that you use as well too, right? Yes,
3: we do the cost approach also, which is trying to determine the value of the land as vacant, and then to determine the value of the improvements that are on the land, including depreciation. So we do those two assessment, those two valuations, and also for uh, commercial properties, you deal with the income approach. So you're looking at the net income stream and the expenses so those are the three approaches but typically in residential you're dealing with com- com- market comparisons and uh, cost approach and in commercial you add in income approach
1: yeah so so important and there, there is often a substantial difference between an appraised value and that uh, assessed value
3: Absolutely, yes. And even in the cost approach, too, sometimes there's a discrepancy because you can't pick up depreciation or you can't pick up the factors of a hot market. So the cost approach is not always reliable. For sure. But it's a check.
1: So, Amanda, if people need to reach you, how can they do that?
3: They can call Amanda Mills at Mills Appraisal Group, 250-727-0222, or my email is amandamills at shaw.ca.
1: That's great. Thanks for coming back, Amanda. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, Good to be you here. are always the person we call if we have questions about evaluations. Uh, if anyone here has a question, and, and I've mentioned this uh, before about uh, how much an improvement can add to the value of your house, Amanda is also a great person to talk to in that respect, right?
3: Yes, certainly.
1: Great. We're going to take a quick little break, and in a moment, we're going to continue our evaluation and valuation conversation with Denise Webster. Back in a moment.
0: Now the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Thanks for joining us again. You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group. Who, incidentally, I happen to have with me right now in the studio, uh, Denise. Great having you back again. Thanks, Tony. So we're having a conversation about evaluations and and the assessment, assessed values, because these have just come out in everyone's mailbox in the past week here. Now, from a lender standpoint, because you are a mortgage broker, uh, you take care of people when they want to get a mortgage loan or or whatever, and often the lender requires an appraisal to be done.
2: Very often. Uh, uh, It's it's rare actually now with um, lenders not requesting an appraisal, especially over the last two years with that market just so hot and heated and changes in values happening overnight. So, yeah, I haven't had a lot of approvals without the condition of an appraisal in well, quite the, a while.
1: Even with a, with a serious down payment?
2: Yes. Even a refinance at 50% loan-to-value, I'm still getting conditioned for appraisals.
1: This is a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, Perhaps this is a signal of, of a bit of uncertainty because it seems to me that when the market is strong and the banks are pretty confident, they, they don't worry about these things.
2: No, I don't know, actually. I'd love the uh, lender's opinion on this to see why we've seen this shift over the last two years. Um, there are still a few lenders out there that have um, automatic approval systems that they have enough online information to say, yes, the value's in the range that they're comfortable with. Sometimes it's as much as the lender just wanting to make sure, hey, we want to know that house is there. Yeah, and because it's their it, investment. want to know the condition.
1: Yeah. yeah, they're putting the money down, Absolutely. so they want to make sure that, it, that it's there, right? So yeah. we're talking, of course, about uh, property assessments. Mm-hmm. And when uh, the lender sends out an appraiser like Amanda to go and, and evaluate a property, uh, in your dealing with somebody when you're doing the pre-approval, you're do- working on the file, how relevant is the assessment information uh, for somebody's mortgage application?
2: Um, for a refinance, that's definitely where I start. Um, because we need to know right away if you're going to refinance your property, that federal rule is that the maximum mortgage amount is 80% of the market value of the home. So if that BC assessed value is um, a lot lower, and I don't think that there's over 20% equity available in the home for a refinance, um, we have to make sense of actually going down that road, because at the end of the day, if the market value of the appraisal is um, similar to the BC assessed value that I've looked at, then there's no point in refinancing. We actually can't do it. So uh, I definitely start with the BC assessed no, but value. Just, right away. It's a starting away. point. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. But um, in addition to that, as you're moving along, uh, it probably isn't that much of a uh, a factor
2: when you're no, doing. No. No. And you know, we um, we do reach out to our appraisers um, quite often uh, and say, "Are we in the scope of of what we're looking for in this neighborhood?" Um, because our clients, of course, our borrowers uh, will always have a pretty good opinion of what they think is the value of their home. Mm-hmm. So a, con- a phone call to an appraiser just before we even have to go down the road of the full appraisal is to say, are we even in the realm of what we're trying to find here?
1: Got it. That's
2: quite helpful for me in my business.
1: Yeah, actually, Amanda, let's pipe you in for for a quick second here. Just in, in this conversation uh, as well, when you know somebody is trying to determine their uh, ability to get a mortgage. And uh, I my sense is that sometimes people rely on the assessed value because they don't want to pay for an appraisal,
3: right? Yes, yes it, that's true.
1: Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, obviously your, your skills and expertise um, come at a cost, right? And uh, it seems to me that what you're able to provide is a lot more in-depth than any assessment dollar can provide.
3: Well, yes, it's looking at it from a different perspective. But we often get calls from brokers like Denise saying, just as she said now, is this possible that they might get within this range because otherwise we can't process this at all? So that's a service we're more than happy to supply. And it does a quick, we do a quick analysis without having anything pinned down in paper. We're not saying it's worth a value, but we're saying sales indicate that it could validate this price range.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we're all in the business. And it's funny because the data that, that uh, you as appraisers and we as realtors have is the same data. It is. Because the the real estate board actually provides the sales and the days on market and all of this information uh, for appraisers to use and for the assessment authority to use. And we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit when we get back to, to Peter as well, too. But, yeah, I like I said, going back to De- Denise here, you know, I, I do theorize every once in a while that... Um, that people do try to use that assessed value only as a either a cost or time-saving measure.
2: Yeah, and, and it definitely factors in if I am refinancing a property and I don't need to pull a lot of equity and there's lots of room, I quite often will use the BC assessed uh, value in my application to the lender. I'll note that that's the value I've used, and I'm hoping that I'm using a lender that does have those... Um, tools uh, online that they actually might just get an auto approval from the insurers or just from their uh, in-house tools, because I haven't pushed the value higher than the BCSS value. I'm not looking for an overvalued property in order to pull some equity. Not artificially inflating or whatever. Yep. So that BCSS value does come in very handy on a refinance. On a purchase, not so much. Um, Amanda nailed it. It's, It's what a buyer is willing to pay and what a seller is willing to sell for. I'm not involved in that process at all. That Purchase contracts usually coming to me. They've already agreed on that. Yeah. And now we need to make sure the lender's happy with that value. Well,
1: and that's the thing, because it was interesting when the market was uh, white hot and you were receiving all these offers where people often did not make them subject to financing yes. or, you know, no other conditions. And you would have seen, I mean, I just had one a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, even in December, right? And unconditional. Uh, uh, unconditional, wow. 50000 over list price. So from a lender standpoint, you need to find a way to be able to justify that extra, that extra price, right? We're,
2: we're hoping that there's going to be comparables out there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I got caught in that in 2016 uh, when that first rush happened um, and the uh, over-asking and uh, multiple offers were coming in. I actually did have a buyer that went in unconditional and the lender uh, ordered the appraisal and uh, was not supported. There were not enough comparables, it, had hap- it hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. They weren't, um, they were all listed for sale, but they hadn't sold. Yeah. So when that appraisal came in, it was under the price of what the borrower had put in the offer. And um, at the end of the day, our borrower had to come up with the additional funds between the appraised value and what they offered to pay for the house.
1: A bit of a rude awakening.
2: It was, yeah. And, it, it you know, if it had been not a quick close and we had had more time, we probably would have had time to get another appraisal, use another lender, and the market would have caught up with it and the comparables would have been there. But it was all happening too fast. We all felt that rush right in the spring of 2016. Yeah, and there was a lot of that at the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is, it's just amazing, actually, more people didn't get into into sticky situations. Oh,
2: I'm sure there's stories out there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, now, what are you seeing as far as uh, banks' positions with values? They're being a little more conservative nowadays, right?
2: Yep, a little bit. Um, they really do rely on that appraisal. That market assessment is really, really important. Um, they And they will question if there's a comparable in that report that they don't agree upon— Uh, or agree with, uh, if, say, uh, as Amanda mentioned, you know, ideally we want it no more than 90 days. If they're using a value of six months of a sale six months ago, a lender will question that and they'll go back to us and ask the appraiser to find a new comparable. For sure. So yeah, they do comb through those appraisals very much. They will find something if um, that they feel it's not supporting that value.
1: Yeah, and uh, just switching back to uh, Amanda for a quick moment here too. When when we had those multiple offers and bidding wars, which we still have, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not past that point right now. Uh, But I always do find it handy when an appraiser like you calls me, the listing agent, you know, who handled that sale, to get a backstory of what happened.
3: I do that all the time because you you see the difference between the list price and the selling price, whether it's way up or way down. It goes both ways, really. Um, I want to find out from the realtor what the circumstances of the sale was, whether there were multiple offers, whether there was uh, motivation on the part of the home seller, um, if there was a fundamental problem with the house and the building inspection showed something. Mm. So we really need to cooperate. And um, as appraisers, we need to be speaking to those in the market, in the street, um, and to have a, a dialogue between us all.
1: Yeah, so important, so important. Um, Listen, uh, Denise, if people need to reach you again, I know they can find you on the CFAX website, but since you're on the phone right now or on the uh, air right now, how can they call you?
2: Directly on my cell at 250 889 or an email to denise at denisewebster.com.
1: And if anyone who's a listener here uh, who has already called Denise or gotten in touch with her to ask advice knows, she is very accessible. So, uh, yeah, get in touch with Denise. She is uh, amazing. Thank uh, you, as is Amanda. Right. Thank so you, thank you both. We're going to take a, a momentary break here. And when we come back, we'll be talking about how to successfully appeal your property assessment and, most importantly, how you can reduce your tax bill. Back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for rejoining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Right now, we're speaking with an author of a book that is called How to Successfully Appeal Your Property Assessment and Reduce Your Tax Bill. Very timely because everyone has received in the mail their property assessment. And this is often a question that comes up, does the new assessed value affect how much tax I'm going to be paying for my property this upcoming year? With us in the studio is Peter Morris. Peter, great having you again. Great to be back. You are a, uh, you've been a regular around here. Uh, CFAX listeners know who you are. Uh, Tell us about, um, I mean, let's have this conversation about where where things are heading as far as values are concerned uh, in our region here.
0: Well, I think uh, Amanda pointed out quite correctly that the assessment is based upon a very specific date, and that is July 1st of the preceding year. Six months ago. So that would be July 1st of 2017. And uh, the market has still been rambling right along and, and going up. So we're expecting to see those assessed values going up. And Tony, you pointed out a little bit earlier in the show that the BC Assessment Authority uh, does their assessments based upon a computerized calculation, because there's over 2.1 million assessed properties in BC, and I I can tell you there's not 2.1 million assessors at the BC Assessment (laughs) Authority. (laughs) Or
1: one really busy guy. One really busy guy.
0: (laughs) So you know that uh, they're relying on data, and that data, if it is incorrect at any point in time in the preceding years, that error is just going to continue on. And so it's very important to take a look at the data that the BC Assessment Authority has used in order to come up with your assessment so that you know whether or not your assessment is in line with other assessments in your area for comparable houses. Just like Amanda would do her appraisal of comparable houses at a specific point in time, you want to take a look at what the BC Assessment Authority has outlined for their assessed value on properties in your neighborhood of like-type properties.
1: Yeah, so, you know, you're talking about a... If, if If an improvement, for instance, was not captured by the assessment authority at some point in time, then uh, as time moves on, that would not be reflected. And I I often give the example of my parents' house. Uh, Mom and dad were in that house for uh, over 40 years. And they never—dad never—he said he never had a tax assessor in his house. Right. So I understand what they did is they just had a look at when they bought in uh, 1962 for and then applied the math every year of the increases or decreases of the, um, the market and would then determine how much their property assessment would be that particular year, not taking into account the new kitchen that they put in in 1982 or the new deck that they put in in 1974 or whatever, all these things.
0: Or let me give you the reverse, what happened to my aunt and uncle. When they bought on the peninsula, they had ocean views. And as those trees grew up, those views that they were assessed on, that they originally had their house price based upon, those views started to disappear. And then it became ocean glimpses. And then it became a secluded enclave because you couldn't see anything. (laughs) But they never appealed their property assessment. So as time marched on... They were paying as if it was an ocean view property. Yes, and so they were overpaying relative to what the property should have been assessed at.
1: Wow. Now, people are generally concerned because they think that if they appeal their assessment, it can either open up a can of worms or that the assessment authority would just simply say no because there is that general uh, thought that the assessment authority's stock answer is no. Like they will not um, uh, allow changes on their, their assessment.
0: Well, once the uh, assessment authority has put their assessment down on paper and signed on it, that is their belief of what the assessed value is. There's, there's no. And that's, way what, you and that's yeah. what you get in the mail. That's what you get in the mail. But there is a process that you can go through. You can appeal, and then there is a board that you can appeal to. And at that board, there are a number of people that are uh, brought in from the public that have knowledge, and they listen to both parties. So they listen to what the BC Assessment Authority has come up with uh, for the value, and and uh, the BC Assessment Authority will will trot out why they think your house is worth this amount as of July 1, in this case, 2017. And they'll listen to your arguments as well as to your value of the house. And then they'll make the, the, the determination. Now, it does open up the potential for a can of worms because it could come back that uh, if you think that your assessment is too high, that the board will agree with the assessment authority or say the assessment authority aired and it should actually be higher oh. but that very rarely happens. Okay. The big thing that you have to bear in mind if you're going to appeal your assessment is to go in and think what is my property worth? Not the services that you get from the municipality. I've seen people walk into the board and say my house assessment can't be like this because I don't get garbage removal or oh. I don't get snow removal. Yeah. That actually has nothing to do with the assessed value. So. Uh, it is a potential of opening up a bit of a can of worms. But bear in mind, that is a price value that the assessment authority has said that's six months old, and the market has changed dramatically. The more common thing I hear of, why would I want to appeal my assessment and bring down the assessed value of my house? It will mean my house is worth less when I go to sell it. And I think both Amanda and Denise and you, Tony, have pointed out that's really not the case. That's not what's going to be happening. Because as
1: Amanda pointed out, what it's worth is what neighboring houses and the... Uh, recent history have been.
0: Sure. And yeah. people pick up the uh, real estate newspapers and it'll say house, you know, uh, listed at 10000 below assessed value. That's just a marketing. Floor. Yes. That yeah. is not reality. Yeah. And that is just a way to get people to come in the door and take a look at this particular house.
1: Yeah. Uh, tell us, walk us through the process now, Peter. If somebody wants to uh, appeal their property assessment, what uh, what do they do?
0: So uh, by the end of January, they have to have their appeal into the BC Assessment Authority. And
1: is that an onerous task? Like no, it's an it's,
0: it's not an onerous task at all. Uh, they prefer that it is in writing, but you, uh, that is the best way to do it, in fact. And you mail it in. It has to be in, though, before January 31st. It can't be in after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a little bit more time-consuming is to do your research. And actually, you could have started your research as early as November or December of 2017, because what you want to do is you want to look at what is your case when you come up to the board. So after you've put in your uh, appeal, uh, then there will be a date set for you to go to the board. That's typically somewhere around two to three months after the end of January. And so you've got another two months to put together your information. Then you go to the board. If you don't go to the board hearing, your appeal is dismissed. So okay. You have to show up. Yeah. You can't be late and you must be there on time. And they're at convenient locations. You're not having to drive an hour and a half to get to, to uh, one of these board hearings. Yeah. So this process is relatively simple. We outline all of the process and all the things that you should be doing in our book.
1: Great. Now, the, the success rate. Uh, do, you, do you know uh, roughly what the success, the success rate is of people appealing? or a guesstimate
0: only two percent of those people that receive assessments of those two point one million actually appeal and so
3: really small, amount. very
0: small amount. Majority of those happen to be commercial properties as well, yeah. uh, where they have a very vested interest in reducing their property taxes. Um, but as far as how successful people are, it all is dependent upon the quality of your case that you bring forward. Yeah, so the
1: okay. onus is on you as the property owner to actually put together your case.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the onus is on you to prove that the assessment authority is incorrect. Got it. Got it. And
1: I, I understand now because, you see, I've heard of some people who were not successful, and it makes me think right now that it probably had to do with the, uh, the argument that they had. Maybe it, was just, it wasn't it was quite strong enough.
0: Or they didn't understand what the assessment was really all about. They were arguing about lack of snow removal or things of that nature.
1: Yeah, which, as you said, is not does not uh, come not into play. It's not germane at all.
0: Yeah. yeah, okay.
1: Now, I mean, the title of your book is How You Can Save, uh, Reduce Your Tax Bill. Yes. So the general understanding is the assessment value is used for municipalities to determine basically your share of the uh, municipal um, uh, expenses to run the the municipality, right?
0: Yes. There's actually three components to your property tax bill, not your assessment, but your property tax bill. One is the municipal budget, which is put together. And the second part is the total assessed value within that community of all the assessed properties, be it industrial or commercial or residential. There's a number of different categories. actually by
1: the hold, way. let's hold that thought for half a second because we often forget about this. the assessment authority is, is not just your property assessment that that uh, um, is relative to them. it's the entire it's the entire package in a particular municipality right?
0: it, within that taxing area yeah. yes. okay. And then the third component is, how your assessment figures into that overall? So, if the whole market assessed value raises three percent, for an example, and the uh, municipal budget raises three percent, and your property assessment raises three percent, you shouldn't see any material change in your property tax bill because yes. everything's rising at the same rate. Yeah. But if the municipal taxes go up one and a half percent, not municipal taxes, but municipal budget goes up one and a half percent and the overall bundle of assessed values goes up 1.5%, and your assessed value went up 3%, you're going to get a bigger tax bill as a result because you're out of whack with the rest of the, um, the people that are being assessed. Got it. Got
1: it. Yeah, very, very interesting. So So I guess what I'm getting out of this, as we've said before, is just because your property assessment goes up, like they went up, for many people 20 percent back in 2017 right that doesn't necessarily mean that their property taxes are going up 20 percent, because no, it's it, all related it to the municipal budget
0: right right uh it actually is more related to the total package of assessed values yeah. um and uh, so it's very important to know that that does not mean it's going up 20 percent. but you should look at it to see if as a result of what's happening you're now paying a little bit more than you should yeah
1: very interesting. Well, Peter, uh, I have gone through your book uh, online, is. and it's great. So uh, tell people about it. How can they
0: find it? You can find it for a direct download as an ebook from attainmentpress.com, or it's also available in paperback and Kindle through amazon.ca. Great. And uh, give us
1: the name of it again. It
0: is How to Successfully Appeal Your BC Property Assessment. And reduce your property taxes. And that's with Peter Morris. Uh, Peter, if people need to uh, get in touch with you, how can they do that? They can do that by going to pdmorris, that's M-O-R-R-I-S, at Greenstead, G-R-E-E-N-S-T-E-A-D-C, as in cat, G as in golf.com. com. Long email. <laughs> or you can call me, 250 893
1: Eight two three zero. Yes, and I also happen to know you're very accessible and you're you're happy to, to talk about this. It's a it's a very interesting subject and not very many people uh, are experts or specialize in this. So thank you very much for uh, for uh, giving us your expertise because it is uh, it's a very important thing. And uh, you said last time it makes sense. To try, because what do you
0: got to lose, right? You have nothing to lose by trying.
1: Yeah, other than a bit of time.
0: Other than a bit of time. But you'll learn a lot about your neighborhood as a result.
1: Yeah, very cool. People already go online to the BCAA. They want to know their neighbor's assessments, right? Yeah. that's their their favorite time of year. Uh, uh, Just looping back to uh, Amanda here. Uh, Amanda, again, thank you for coming. People need to reach you. How can they do that?
3: Amanda Mills at 250-727-0222, Mills Appraisal Group.
1: That's great. And Denise, as always, other than the CFAX website, where well, they'll find you, how can they get in touch with you?
2: On my cell at 250-889-4743 or email denise at denisewebster.com.
1: Thank you guys for coming back and talking about values and property assessments. And uh, I'm going to pencil you guys in for this time next year as well too, because it's always a great conversation to have. And to the listeners, if you have any questions relating to real estate, you know where to reach me. You can find me here at the Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe, every week. I'll be here for you guys this time next week.